Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this will be a fun one. I have with me today Anne Herman Nadee, and she is with Herman Incorporated. Welcome, Anne. Hello, great to be here. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Before we get too far into things, tell us about your work at Herman. How are you serving folks? Well, basically what we do is we provide managers um, a much better way of understanding how they can leverage the thinking and the the diversity, um, especially the cognitive diversity in their company. So we have lots of tools that we use, but we have a, a platform that provides people with data about their thinking and then what they can do once they understand how they think. So um, we make life easier, reduce frustrations and help managers be more effective. Now, if they're, if a manager is managing a team uh, without this kind of intelligence, how are they doing it? Are they just kind of winging it based on like what, what's kind of the methodology they're using if they're not using kind of a system? Lots of times they're just winging it. They're uh, actually, uh, in many instances, following the old adage, treat people like you would like to be treated, which doesn't really work when people are different. Um, So um, they'll often go with what they think is the best way to communicate, to interact, to engage um, those that they work with on their team. And if, you know, somebody is thinking and looking at the world very differently, that creates confusion, miscommunication, and so on and so forth. So one of the things that I think works really well with what we provide is that we give people a common language around which to talk about those differences and then really kind of a compass or a roadmap around, you know, how do I behave as a manager so that I can I can engage with this person who, who I really appreciate because they are so different from who I am. Um, but I don't necessarily know how to get the best yield out of the thinking that they bring because I just think so differently, right? So we give people a, a, an easy way to kind of decode all that and um, and get beyond what is often kind of our own natural bias because we think about, you know, how we think, right? And that's usually kind of what we go with. Now, when you're working with a group that isn't familiar with this, are, do they – is there instinct to think, well – this is how I've always communicated or it, it, does it occur to them that people might learn differently or they might react differently when I say certain things? Is it kind of an eye-opening aha moment or is it uh, like how much, you know, kind of friction is there when, when you're trying to explain this and, and for them to execute it? Um, actually, I think the, uh, the aha is, is really an interesting thing because um, we all have we all have differences in our lives, right? Um, lots of times that's true at home, and a lot of people in today's environment are experiencing a lot of those differences um, in their families, right? Uh, that that maybe they weren't quite as aware of, um, but they're kind of feeling them more. So um, most people know that there are differences out there, um, but they, they they don't necessarily proactively. Say okay, how do I how do I re- reduce the frustration and the fr- and the friction? So they just kind of you know react and and try to and try to do the best they can. So one of the biggest ahas that people have, believe it or not, is to say to themselves, "Oh, you that person wasn't doing that on purpose to drive me crazy. They're just different." 
right? And this this could be true for, for spouses and partners as well as colleagues. <laughs> um, and that's often a common reaction that people will have. So instinctively, they had thought that the person was bugging them on purpose when in actuality, right. it was just they were communicating to each other maybe differently or using different language that they'd each like them, the other to use. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a um, working with a, a, a large group um, and the um, in the middle of a program that we were running, one of the direct reports to the leader um, after discovering the model. And, you know, they were looking at whether, you know, our model very, very simply is, you know, are you are you, um, you know, more of a, uh, an analytical thinker? Or are you more of a practical thinker, relational thinker or experimental thinker? There's a lot more to it. But the, um, this individual is very practical, very detail-oriented, loving to provide as many details as he possibly could. And his leader was a big-picture thinker, more experimental, didn't really want the details. And uh, he looked at his leader and said, so that's why it looks like you're falling asleep every time I come in to present you with information. Why didn't you tell me? Right? So I think it's – I think it's um, – I think lots of times, you know, people don't bring this up because – they don't exactly know how to explain it. They don't know how to ask for what they need. And, you know, we kind of put it all out there in the forefront to sort of say, look, everybody's different. Let's kind of acknowledge that. Let's talk about those differences. And then let's feel comfortable asking for what we need um, and being really clear when we're not getting what that is so that we can accelerate what it is that we're trying to do and, and reduce the amount of frustration we might have. Now, you used the phrase earlier, cognitive diversity. Is that um, people understand diversity and maybe cultural diversity, and they understand if I'm in a different uh, country, maybe I have to behave differently to, you know, uh, acclimate myself there. It, it sounds like there's also a cognitive side of that so that the person might look like you and come from a similar background of you and similar town as you, but there could be cognitive diversity in the respect that you're not commuting communicating effectively with that person. Absolutely. And I think cognitive diversity, which we've been, you know, talking about and looking at for close to 40 years, it's interesting because now we're seeing uh, this become actually a term that's pretty widely used. Um, And it's, you know, it helps us understand that diversity isn't just skin deep. There are major differences in race, ethnicity, gender, et cetera, that we kind of commonly think of as diversity. But Indeed, exactly as you just described, you can have somebody who who kind of on paper looks very similar to you, but thinks in totally different ways. So what cognitive diversity does is it allows you to, um, you know, to kind of bridge the gap in in different ways and, and, and find that, you know, those that you think may be similar to you actually may not be. And those that you think may be terribly, you know, totally different from a traditional diversity perspective may actually think in similar ways. So it, it provides you with a whole new platform for exploring the diversity question, which doesn't replace the need to appreciate all of those other differences and the natural biases. But this feels very not judgmental. It's easy to use. And it explains a lot of what happens every single day in our interaction. So it's a great place to start when you're having that diversity conversation is with cognitive diversity. Now, in order for uh, an organization to take advantage of this kind of thinking, what is required of them? Is this uh, an assessment? They take a test or, or it requires someone to kind of watch them? Like, how does it work in order to implement this? 
Right. So we actually have a platform that provides people with, um, you know, a, a diagnostic. And basically our model is diagnostic insight and application. So what we do is um, typically this happens through some kind of, a, um, of an experience that they've had um, often online and also with somebody else. It might be their manager. It might be uh, someone in learning and development. It might be a facilitator. And um, they have an online learning experience that helps them get those individual ahas. And then it, it, it goes beyond that to sort of say, okay, what are the tools I need as a manager? So, yeah, typically this is part of some kind of a learning initiative of some kind. But um, um, much of what we offer um, in the initial phases is provided to people in a, in a sort of super friendly, easy access online experience. Uh, and then, you know, we train people um, in organizations to then help them execute this uh, across the world. So we work with nine out of 10 of the Fortune um, 100 you know, organizations, uh, and they typically want internal experts. So we'll train folks and certify them so that they can help scale this um, and, and make it very relevant to what it is they're doing in that company. Now the companies so that, lots of different ways to access. Sorry, the companies that have access to this kind of uh, platform and this intelligence, are do they have maybe an advantage during these uncertain times? Uh, maybe they have some tools in their tool belt that can help relieve some stress or pressure that their teams facing during this, you know, uh, coronavirus. Absolutely. It's really interesting. We've been talking to many of our clients right now about how they're leveraging their ability to, um, especially with a, a rapid shift to remote, for example. Um, and already that's a big change okay, for many, many people that they find them, the manager finds themselves with a team that is no longer face to face. Um, and they, if they have been using what we call whole brain thinking, this application of um, cognitive diversity, they al already have um, improved their ability to communicate, understand, and interact with each other. So they can deal with some of the other changes that come up, and they're not trying to figure that out at the same time as that they're dealing with some of these other changes. Um, it also really has helped um, uh, organizations uh, that we work with, um, you know, one one organization, 8451, I was talking to, to um, our contact there the other day, and she said, our managers are much more effectively able to, to communicate in a way that's going to reach everybody's needs because communication is so critical right now so that people understand what's going on. Um, and they've already got that arsenal in their toolkit rather than sort of stumbling around and getting that communication out and maybe not really reaching everybody in a way that, that, that they understand what's trying to be communicated. Um, and it, it just, and it also helps with innovation. And so many uh, organizations right now are being asked to, to completely rethink how they go to business. And so putting together a whole brain team, when you know how to do that, can really help you, you know, bring together people so that they can think quite differently. Um, and our research has shown that, that whole brain teams um, significantly increase the amount of innovation that you can get out of a team. So um, other organizations that we're working with are, are, are using that right now to help them sort of rethink what is it we can do? How do we, how do we, how do we solve our customers' problems today in a way that we never even thought was possible before? Now, we're talking a lot about using the platform for leaders. How does the platform work for the employee? Um, is it having that same intelligence, does that help them become more effective in when they're trying to communicate, like you mentioned earlier, 
um, you know, the what their style of communication, it helps them get, the, uh, have their leaders understand it more effectively? Absolutely. The, you know, the, the example I gave earlier of the direct report speaking to his manager and kind of going, oh, gosh, now I realize that what I was doing wasn't serving your needs. It really helps everybody um, in looking at not only interacting with others and communicating, but also how how an employee might solve a problem, make a decision, even if you know we all have access to this thinking in our own heads, we just tend to prefer some of the strategies more than others. So one of the things that we teach um, uh, our thinkers, as we like to call them, um, as part of the process is how they access that cognitive diversity within themselves so that when they're looking at a given problem or situation, they can actually shift their thinking and be more agile um, as they're solving a problem or making a decision. So it really, really works for everybody, Um, not only managers who have very specific things that they need to do and working with their teams, but individual contributors um, can get great value just in terms of thinking about how they get their work done um, and and how they can you know better navigate and be more flexible in their thinking, which in today's environment is kind of you know um, number one on the list uh, for everybody because they're just being asked to change so many things as in terms of how they think about their work. Now, um, how does uh, empathy kind of play into this? It, it sounds like it would uh, play an important role because it's it's kind of requiring of you to look at things through other people's kind of lens in order to be effective as part of the the way that you're dealing with them. Oh, absolutely! You know, you're 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 spot on with this notion of empathy, which I think is. Um, I heard somebody say the other day that. They're referring to CEOs as the chief empathy officer in today's environment because there's such a demand for empathy. But empathy is one of the things that this does is it gives people a roadmap to understand and 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 not only just sort of have that. Um, you know, many people will say, well, you know, I, I have empathy for that person, but they don't know actually how to show it. They don't necessarily understand what the other person needs. So um, what this does is it allows somebody to begin to make actionable that empathy um, and step into the shoes of the other person, um, see the world as they might see it, but also be able to say, okay, this is what's going to be most helpful, right? And so as I've looked at, you know, you know, a lot of people are struggling today with just, you know, how do I make changes in my, in my work productivity, for example. How do I, how do I structure my day? Um, and, you know, managers um, can get really frustrated um, with the fact that uh, people are maybe, maybe not approaching their work day the way they would approach it, especially in a remote environment. So just having enough empathy to understand, well, okay, maybe what this person needs is a way to sort of time box um, the, the, their day. And let me see if I can help them do that, because that's what's going to allow them that structure is going to free them up to feel much less overwhelmed, right? Um, so by having a, a roadmap to, to, to understand how they're thinking, that allows you to take that empathy and actually do something with it. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, the GWBC. How has that organization uh, helped you in your business? Well, I think it's wonderful. First of all, just being really proud <laughs> to be a women-owned business um, for me is 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 terrific, and it gives us a way to tell the world um, that that we are a woman-owned business. Because otherwise, you know, um, many people would not know that. So, actually, having access to the certification gives us a, a very 
um, simple um, and clear and validated way to say that's who we are. And of course, we're in a business that talks about diversity and appreciating differences. So we think that's really important. It's also helped us as we work with large corporations to allow them to, um, you know, recognize that that is something that um, they can uh, take advantage of in terms of their procurement processes. In many instances, they um, have um, specific uh, quotas and things like that that they need to meet. And so um, it makes it much easier for us to position ourselves as a value-added partner for them because we do fit that, that qualification. Um, and um, I, I know that, that they pay attention to that because every year as we're getting closer to the recertification process, we get notes from them saying, hey, we noticed that your, uh, your, your certification is expiring soon. Um, we're looking forward to seeing, <laughs> seeing that. So um, it's, it's, it's clearly been an advantage for us, especially um, in working with very large organizations. Now, for the listener out there that wants to learn more about this, I know you have a TEDx talk that you've done uh, uh, that talks about cognitive diversity. Are, are there any other resources that you have available to uh, share some insight and to explain some of the, the reasons why someone should kind of learn more about this? Sure, absolutely. So I do highly recommend the TEDx talk, which is the one thing you want to know about your brain that will change your life. Um, and that kind of gives, teaches you the model, gives you some insight. Um, and, um, and that's, so that's kind of a, a very quick 15 minute way, um, to get an overview. But if you go to our website, which is thinkherman.com, and that's just think and then H E double R M A double N.com. Um, we've got resources there and, and recently, we have actually published quite a few resources that are specific to what's going on right now. We've got a, a great ebook on sh- the shift to remote work and how to be most effective because we, we actually shifted to um, remote uh, two years ago. So we learned a lot in that process um, and are sharing some of those insights. And then we just launched a new white paper on, on how you will adapt and how you can be more agile. Um, and that's a, a great tool um, to just think about, okay, how do I deal with all this uncertainty? And how, how do I function more like that tennis player who's waiting for the serve and is ready to kind of move as needed versus just sort of standing there frozen, wondering how do I deal with it? And many people are kind of uh, struggling with that uncertainty. So that particular white paper we wrote to address uh, what I think is a very relevant issue. But our website has got all of that info um, available. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn um, at Ann Herman AD. You just uh, put me in there. And I, a lot of those resources I talk um, much about, and I'd be delighted to connect with people on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter at Ann Herman. All of it, Herman is always with double R, double N, right? H E double R, double N. And then you have a webinar coming up that is actually going to include the assessment. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So we are, um, we've got a webinar that'll be on May 27th. Um, and we're, um, we're going to, we're really looking at a way to help people who feel like they need a, a fresh perspective on their career and their professional development, um, based on all the things that are going on right now. So we're going to, this is our way of giving back, uh, really, um, we're going to offer um, a full HPDI assessment, um, which is our assessment tool, the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument, um, as pre-work to the webinar, and then give. Uh, I'll be I'll be co-facilitating with Bev Kay, who's 
um, uh, an author and a specialist in career development and talking to, to, to people about, okay, what do I do if I've been furloughed and I don't know what's going to happen? If I have now realized that actually I'm not sure I want to go back or I'm looking for a job. How do I best position myself? So we will be very specifically addressing that. And as our give back, providing people with um, a full assessment experience, which is, which is worth about $400. So it's our way to sort of give back. And that'll be, um, that information will be available on our website. It'll also be, um, I'll be promoting it on my LinkedIn profile. So that's another great way to, to, to get access. And then, people will attend. I think it'll be great. Now, for a person that goes through this, takes the assessment, um, that's going to give them an idea of um, like the quadrants that their that their strengths are that they are they lean towards. Is that what you're going to get at the end of that assessment? So, what the assessment actually does. So, one of the things that differentiates us from some of the other models, because many people, there are a lot of models out there, right? Is that when the research that init- was initiated. Um, um, some years ago, looking at the brain and trying to understand what was going on in our heads, what that revealed is that actually we uh, we have access to all four quadrants in our model, but we have degrees of preference for each. And what that means is that we can actually go to those areas of lesser preference. So what the, what the assessment allows you to do is first First and foremost, begin to understand, okay, where are my preferences? Where might my blind spots be? Um, And then what do I do with that? How do I become more effective at um, interacting with others? How do I, what's my roadmap as I think about, you know, better dealing with my team members, my family, um, you know, my my manager? Um, And then, you know, specifically, we will add additional context to that in the webinar around thinking about, your career and your own personal development and growth and what you can do with that. So it gives you kind of that beginning compass that you can use to, you know, understand where your preferences are, how you might tap into those areas that you haven't really taken full advantage of. Maybe, you know, you, you, you've, you know, you, you just don't, it makes you a little uncomfortable to go there, but um, you, you know, with, with some understanding of how to access that thinking you can become much more effective and really leverage your whole brain. And it's just really what, what, what we teach is how do you take advantage of all of that thinking that you have inside yourself, that you have in your team or that you have in your organization. So the first step is understanding that through the assessment, but the, all the experiences that you have on the platform and then following that are really what, you know, continues to make it come alive. So the assessment's just a means to that application um, and, now, um, before we wrap, can you uh, maybe give some tips or advice uh, for people that are going through this and maybe struggling a little bit about the uncertainty and about the, it seems like the, the this um, disruption that we're in right now, any advice to keep people staying positive and productive? Sure. Okay. Well, one of the things that um, our research has shown, what people tend to want to do in times of uncertainty is try to predict the future, right? Um, and um, and they worry about it. What our brains tend to do is they will they will just start imagining all sorts of things. And I, I like to to say that you know worrying is a terrible waste of imagination, right? Because we often imagine the worst. So what um, really can help mind hack that is to just focus on your end goal. So where do you think you want to be? 
um, and let go of the how, because in many instances, you can't figure out the how right now. Um, and you're probably not going to be able to figure that all out. So if you just focus on where you think you want to land and where you want to be and work backwards from that, that will help you get out of all the kind of noise and, you know, um, talk track in your head about, well, we can't do this or I can't do that. Um, just focus on where you want to be, you know, start with the end in mind. Um, ask yourself, um, you know, what if this happens or that happens? If you're trying to kind of do a little bit of scenario planning, um, especially as it relates to your business, um, so that you can start looking at those different stories and um, begin to start planning against those um, eventualities, again, without getting too bogged down in, in negativity. And uh, I often, um, you know, invite people to tap into their own curiosity. Um, one of the things that we know from our brain research is that um, the brain does really well with things that are new and novel and interesting. So I would focus on the things that bring that level of interest and energy to you at this time and get more curious about those. Give your brain that breathing room to have fun with that um, and engage with that. And finally, um, there's a lot of research out there that talks about humor, and there's a lot of humor floating out there, but just taking five, ten minutes a day to, to find some humor, to have some fun, um, really gives us um, a, a breath of fresh air in terms of our thinking and, and helps take some of the stress away. So those are some of the things that I would, I would recommend that I think would, can be most helpful. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. Love your organization. And again, very proud to be a woman-owned business and be part of it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GWBC Open for Business. 